Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. My next guest is a dear friend. Um, been knowing him, wow. When I first started managing Steve way back in the radio days in L.A., he used to come in there, man, with a camera crew. He's always been a go-getter. But more importantly, he's one of the most widely respected award-winning journalists in the industry today. Over the course of his stellar career, he's worked at various television networks, including BET, NBC, MSNBC, and CBS, where he hosted and contributed to programs including Conversations with Ed Gordon, BET Tonight, BET News, 60 Minutes, NBC Today Show, and Dateline. He is also a former host of Our World with Black Enterprise and NPR News. He has a new book, Conversations in Black, where he brings some of the today's top leaders and influencers together to explore new narratives for African-American leadership in the post-Obama era and the Trump era. <laughs> The book, will be, the book will be released on Hat, by, by Hatchet Books on January 14th of this month and is available for pre-order right now. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, my man, Ed Gordon. My man. What's <laughs> up? Well, first of all, this book, I, I kind of, you know, I know this book kind of started being developed in 2012 because we used to do the Neighborhood Awards together, so it was always right. talk. And so I'm not, I'm not shocked by it coming out. But it's also when we started talking, Obama was president. And so it really allows, I've read the book, and it allows for you to tell a unique story because now you have the Obama experience and now you have the Trump experience. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, Rashawn. I started in 2012, at least the idea came to me. And the book itself is written as if all 40-plus of us were in the same room having a conversation. Right. You know, often some of the best nuggets come out of interviews when you're talking to the person before or after mm-hmm. the interview. Mm-hmm. And I said to myself, with all the great people I talk to, uh, it wouldn't it be great if I could get everybody in the same room? Well, I knew I couldn't do that. Right. <laughs> but I said I could have what people would see as a virtual conversation now. So it's written as if we're all sitting together, and each chapter is a different topic. 
So we talk about black girl magic. We talk about Black Lives Matter, the black vote, the Obama years, Trump, images in black America. We cover everything. And some of the people we have, Maxine Waters, Harry Belafonte, T.I., Jamel Hill, Angela Rye, uh, Stacey Abrams, Eric Holder, I mean, the list goes on and on. D.L. Hughley, Charlemagne the God. And what I'm most proud of, man, is we, I started in 2012. I had to stop it because I got a TV project. I picked it back up right. uh, last year in 2019, mm-hmm. and now we've got the culmination of this. And I think it's important because our community has kind of been stuck in neutral. Yes. We need some new narratives because our fight for justice and equality, as you and I talk about all the time, continues. And it's really important that you say that because, you know, there's certain points in the book that you were pointing out. Like in 2016, you talk about when you was on the Steve Harvey show and it was in November was about the voting and you was on the phone being interviewed and you felt the synergy there. The energy wasn't there for the black vote. It felt like there was a uh, complacency. And, and, and because of that complacency, we have to believe that may have cost Hillary or Clinton, among other things, the opportunity to be the next president of the United States. When you talk about that complacency, we're talking about that same complacency today, even though we are provided with much more channels of communication, especially with social media, right? Absolutely. And, Rashawn, you know, you brought me on Steve's show and, and gave me a segment because you understood the yes. importance <laughs> of making sure that we got certain words out and mm-hmm. looked at certain ideas and certain issues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, black America has been taken for granted for a long time. And because of that, I think we have become complacent with yes. it. Yes. You know, I look at uh, the, the the NFL playoffs right now. Yes. You know, four black quarterbacks, when there were years and years and years that people believed no black quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about all these new coaches that they want to hire, but seldom do you hear a black name mentioned, even with the NFL talking about the Rooney Rule and we're going to really look at minorities. They don't. We're mm-hmm. looking at what Trump has done over the course of this next four years, and I hasten to say, mm-hmm. and I hate to even admit this, but he could win again in eight years of Trump, as Stacey Abrams said, says in the book, if you think this four years has been bad, you better strap in if he wins again. Absolutely. So when you when we go through the book, you know, you mentioned some of the names, D.L. Hughley, Eric Holder, Jamel Hill, Al Shopton, Michael Eric Dyson, T.I. These are these are the opinionated people. But also you have an opinion, Ed. And that's when I was when I was reading the book, you kind of took a step back and allowed them to tell to deliver the narrative. Was that difficult for you or that was the, the whole approach to the book? No, really, that, that was the approach, as you know, uh, Rashawn, I have been a traditional journalist my entire career, <laughs> yes. so I don't often give my opinion. Though mm-hmm. in this book, I give more of my opinion than I would normally do. <laughs> yes, but yes. as I said, I thought the dynamic of this book was to get all of these people, mm-hmm. uh, to your point, the people that you bring in, the people that are go-getters, the, yes. you know, the, the rule changes, the people that, that make a difference. I, I thought bringing together 40-plus of those folks would be so dynamic. I mean, we've got April Rain, who started uh, Oscar So White, mm-hmm. Tarana Burke, who started the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're talking about black girl magic um, with, with Iyamba. Uh, you know, I mean, I just felt like we need to start talking, and then more importantly, out of those conversations, we have to start doing. And if not, we're going to just be sitting in this neutral spot one of the things we do in one of the chapters is we look at black leadership. 
right. and ask the question whether or not they've been doing enough. And, you know, that's really interesting thing about it. I'm talking to Ed Gordon, uh, his book, Conversations in Black. Uh, you can pre-order it now. Uh, it's being presented by Hatchet Books. It'll be in stores uh, January 14th, Conversations in Black uh, with Ed Gordon. He's interviewed over 40 uh, um, industry decision makers, people I talk to on a, on a daily basis about leadership, about what ne- what's next. But that leadership, I think, has, you know, because we always go back to what real leadership, you know, you always go back to Martin Luther King and you true leaders, and you go to Malcolm X, true leader. And after that, it kind of gets confusing ever since then. Who do we turn to? You know, entertainment has somehow become the the leaders, the, the voice of uh, black America, music. You know, in your book, you talk about uh, Marvin Gaye, you know, what's going on, that CD that, that resonates with me, that music still is relevant today. But I, I feel that when you start talking about leaders, I think our leaders are entertainers. I think yeah, our leaders funny. are athletes. Uh, Killer Mike, Killer Mike, and Ti both say that in the book. And we always had entertainers who were leaders. You know, you think about the civil rights movement. Yes, Harry Belafonte was mm-hmm. out there, and mm-hmm. Sammy Davis Jr. and Sidney Poitier. But you also had those other leaders that you know uh, were in the fore. If I ask you twenty years ago, name the top ten black leaders. You could do it without even thinking. Boom, 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 boom. Today. Right. You know, if I say, okay, I'll give you Al Sharpton, I'll give you, you know, four or five people after that, name me ten more, people struggle. And so I don't know that we have to have ten black national leaders like we used to, but what we do talk about in the book and what we need desperately is a black agenda. No people move forward without a plan. No, no team wins without a game plan. And black America doesn't have a game plan right now. We hope that this book will be the start to really move people uh, to make a difference in their communities. Because sometimes we're sitting and waiting on others to do, Rashawn, and you've always said that, you know, <laughs> the idea of getting going, you know, you, being your own spark. Right. And so if you don't see leadership in your community, then you need to be the leader. Well, you know, I, that, you, you know me, Ed. Uh, my passion uh, about information, about making people aware, uh, being able to – Carve out that segment I wanted uh, on the Steve Harvey show because I thought it was, I feel, still today feel it's very relevant that we have a, a voice of not tied to just music, not tied to what's the box office, not tied to a joke about tired of community results. Even you look at BET and TV One, they don't even have shows that are news generated to that level that we would want on a regular basis. You know, they, they come on, but you don't know when they come on, you know, mm-hmm. and they become specials. And But still, you know, you get a countdown to the, the, the the BET Awards, you get a countdown to the Black Girl Magic Show, you know, but you don't get, uh, but, but this is really great because it's about ratings, but it's more important to understand that information is key. We'll be back with more information from my man, Ed Gordon. He's on the show talking about conversations in black. June, January 14th is when the book will hit the stands, but you can order the book now. We'll be right back with more. Ed Gordon, my man, long time, but he still speaks the truth. Wow. Renowned journalist Ed Gordon brings some of today's top leaders and influencers together in conversation to explore new narratives for African-American leadership in America today. In his new book, Conversations in Black on Power, Politics, and Leadership, the book will be released by Hatchet Books on January 14th, and you can uh, order it right now. It's a pre-order book. Ed, uh, welcome back to the show. Ed, when I look at the different chapters, you know, what's going on, Obama, Trump, Stay Woke, it's the generation, it's the general war, stand up, black men, stand up, black girls, magic, the Medea dilemma, 
Am I black enough for you? (laughs) 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 Oh, and much, much more. What chapter in those? You know, because you always have something. Because I'm going to just tell you something about my relationship with Ed is that, uh, first of all, I've I've seen him motivate people in in the public speaking form. uh, And he's a natural individual who is an educated individual. But when you meet him, you read somebody that you can actually just sit down and just eat a hamburger with. And that's a skill that I always admired about it. He knows that. I, I always felt that. That's why I always felt that his voice needs to stay out there, needs to stay at the front of communicating our values. That's why I felt when I read about your book coming out, I said I got to have him on the show because Conversations is Black. is really about everybody. You know, it's not tied to color because what people don't understand is that if one dominant race suffers, then it does impact other people. And people don't get that. Racism doesn't see that. You know, they're just yeah. see, they just sees uh, we're going to suppress, we're going to we're going to become the power brokers. But if you if you hold back, it creates crime, it creates uh, incarceration, it creates it creates a, a community, it creates lower property taxes. And if people would understand that, that's what I that when I was reading your book, that's what people just what, the number one thing is that all we want is a shot, all we want is an opportunity, and that's what kept coming out of the pages. And pages that I kept reading about uh, from the various uh, decision makers that you were speaking with. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because uh, for so long, you know, James Brown talked about, you know, uh, kicking the door in, you know, I'll get it myself. <laughs> right. And the idea of what black people have wanted for years is simply that opportunity. You know, they tried to paint us as the welfare queens and lazy and the like, but we are none of those things. And, and, and you know, uh, uh, we are the complete opposite of those things. We have fought, bled, uh, and continue to do so to be a part of this country and to make ourselves great in this country in right. spite of the odds. And so, you know, uh, the chapter, Am I Black Enough for You?, it was interesting to me because even within our race, we still to this day have this sense of determining, you know, whether you can have your black card and who gives that out. And, you know, can you, can you be a, a, a corny, nerdy, comic book uh, loving person and still be quote unquote black? Uh, you know, there's still the light versus dark thing. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, these are things that we need to, to move past and get over. You know, so many other people uh, have it out for us. We don't need the kind of infighting. We talk seriously about that in that chapter and what we need to do uh, to move past it. So, you know, one of the things that I hope, as I say, at the end of the chapter, there are some questions. And we're hoping that people will read this like a book club and ask yourself these questions and then come up with your own questions about what are you doing to move not only your life forward as an individual, um, but to to better your community and on a whole, you know, your race. Uh, Rashawn, when you and I were growing up, uh, you know, the elders used to tell us that we were representative of all of us. You know, you yes. represented your block, mm-hmm. your family, your race. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of gotten away from that. And sometimes I think to our detriment, we get away from the things that have kept us from the times we were brought here in change. You know, that's what kept us alive and moving I tell my daughter all the time, you know, you are a descendant of the strongest of the strong, mm-hmm. because those that didn't make it, that died on the trip over here, that 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 killed themselves rather than to be enslaved, couldn't carry on that legacy of greatness that we brought from Africa, and that's, you know, that's our legacy, not not this 
slave, woe was me people that Hollywood and, and the news tries to portray on us. So, you know, I brought together 40-plus of those, you know, our greatest of great, uh, and and it jumps out of these pages. We know the thing about it, uh, when he says the people of reference, some of the names, Stacey Abrams, Harry Belafonte, Eric Holder, Charlemagne the God, Michael Eric Dyson, Jamil Hill, Ayanna Van Zandt, you know, uh, Al Sharpton, T.I., my man Ben Crump, you know, what I liked about it was that Maxine Waters, I can't forget about her, because uh, she talked about, uh, you know, Trump and his power, for, you know, not allowing people to uh, show up for the, uh, it's, man, it, it, I'm going to tell you something, it almost felt like you this book just got, got printed yesterday. It was just so current and so dead on and so relevant, you know, you, it, it, is this book hot off the presses? In, in a way it is, man. <laughs> I spent the last uh, six months talking to everybody. Wow! Uh, and then I just locked myself in the house, man, and put it all together. And that was the hardest part, uh, Rashawn, is, is, you know, doing all these interviews and then kind of pulling things out of uh-huh. those interviews and putting it together so it would sound like a conversation. Well, you know, because I, cause especially when you start talking about uh, with Maxine Waters, because she's talking about, you know, how Trump is denying people to, to come to Congress and to be uh, interviewed for potential witnesses and, and how if he gets through with that, then it becomes, you know, unprecedented power. And people yeah. who do that, then everybody who comes in after him is going to do it as well, you know. So so it becomes the fact that, you know, how how did Obama do enough? Or did Obama, if he did that, you know, like like D.L. said, if, if, if Obama, uh, you probably put his on a post-it of the controversies he had as, president and you could probably put a volume and volume so i it was just it was entertaining i found humor in it because of the fact that i'm a guy who who lives the life who's been exposed to this level but i just felt it was an everyday read for just a regular person who needs to be caught up and that's why I yeah said, and that's why i wanted to write it like a conversation you know sometimes these books become too highbrow right they're too inside baseball they talk about legislation <laughs> that people don't always understand the way it moves through congress and all of that mm-hmm. or you know they take a a really academic look at the blackmail. Well, you know, that's great and that's fine, but I wanted this to be the conversation you have at your dinner table in the barber shop, in the car, riding to the game, whatever it may be. I wanted it to sound like that, but I wanted it rather than with your cousin or your neighbor or your barber. I wanted it to be um, a peek in, a listen in to the people that are making a difference out there. And then to give you the understanding that you have the power to make a difference. And that's that's right. And I feel that, let me ask you this, because we talk about, uh, you know, that, that the black leadership, the black voice, you know, because of social media, you know, it is, I always tell people, who, well, social media has changed how people communicate because it's everybody's press conference. You don't need to have to call a press conference, right. just post it. <laughs> and I feel that in some ways that has diminished exactly who is doing the talking because a viral video can do the talking for that particular subject matter. So has social media helped us or diminished our ability to be organized? Yeah, I think it's done both. I mean, let's let's face it. If social media had been back in the day, King would have had a Twitter page. King, King would have had a Facebook page. Yes, sir. But what King would have done is he would have put it up on Twitter and then hit the streets. What we have too many people doing is liking it on Twitter but forgetting <laughs> to hit the streets <laughs> right, or forgetting right. to stay off that bus right. or forgetting mm-hmm. to... Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've got to be honest about black leadership. You know, I ask people in one of the chapters on black leadership to grade black leadership. And, you know, when you say leadership, you've got to put that in quotes. So, 
an entertainer can be a leadership. Someone like Charlemagne the God is a leader. He's got such a huge platform, and he moves forward. Mm-hmm. But when we look at traditional leadership, leaders of civil rights organizations and the like, um, you know, some people have been skeptical and not been happy with the leadership we've received in the last 20 years. I asked some people to give a grade to it, and not everyone gave, you know, high marks. I mean, this book is very candid, too. You know, right. it's not just everybody patting one another on the back. Right. But what, but what they don't do is they don't beat up without offering solutions or without saying, hey, we've got to have these people's backs. You know, the interesting thing about it is that I'm talking to Ed Gordon, uh, his book, Conversations uh, in Black, in regards to Hits the Stand, January 14th. Right now you can pre-order it. Uh, Ed, can you tell us how we can get the book other than what I've been saying about it? Yeah, you can go to edgordon.net, and there are links there that allow you to uh, pre-order the book or wherever you normally order books, right. Amazon <laughs> or uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, but the easiest way, and you'll learn a little bit more about the book, is to go to edgordon.net. And you can hit the link. It'll take you right to the page, and you can uh, pre-order the book. If you're too lazy to do that, January 14th, uh, that's the day it hits the stores. Uh, If you don't like to go on the computer, just uh, wherever you buy your books, get your books. It's a great present for young people. I mean, Mm -hmm. we talk about the youth. We talk about uh, Nipsey Hussle in the chapter about black men and all that he did. So it's uh, it's a little uh, something for everybody in this book. But I think and hope that at the end of the day it will be an important book and get us not only talking but moving. Timothy, Ed, will you be doing a tour with the book, uh, autograph Yes, session? sir. Oh. Uh, we'll hit starting uh, January 14th. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll do press in New York mm-hmm. and uh, uh, D.C. Mm-hmm. And then we head uh, out on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas City is our first stop. Awesome. Um, and then we go from there. So if people uh, go to... Uh, Ed L. Gordon, at Ed L. Gordon, uh, on Twitter and Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, on my face, uh, Facebook page, uh, you know, you can follow where we're going throughout. So we're, we're excited. We'll be heading uh, out west as well, mm-hmm. traveling the country. So uh, we're trying to get people to join the conversation. Yes, sir. You know, have hey. a conversation in black and then get out there. We need new narratives. We need everybody involved. Because at the end of the day, particularly if Trump wins again, heaven forbid, uh, they're putting us all in the same boat, no pun intended. Absolutely. Conversations in Black, Ed Gordon, book comes out January 14th. Ed, thank you for coming on the show. Get those banners to me because I want to promote your book tour as well. Okay? Will do. Thank you, my Thank friend. you, brother. We talk soon.